Hi, everyone. We're going to take a moment at the start of this podcast to address uh, some issues. As some people might have uh, noticed listening to the last couple of our podcasts, we're not afraid about being vocal about some of the issues out there that are affecting our listeners, our community, and the world in general. As of when we're recording this, the COVID-19 outbreaks are still a threat. We are seeing an increase in outbreaks in this country, and there is no end in sight if people aren't going to start taking the proper precautions. We've said it again and again, and we want to just reiterate this. Wear a mask when you go outside. Respect social distancing. It's about getting this done and over with as quickly as possible and taking care of everybody else out there. That's all it takes. Wear a mask. Respect social distancing. That's all it takes. Minimal effort required. Yep. And in the same vein, uh, a lot of places right now are seeing just incredible civil unrest. Uh, things are getting violent. Things are getting pretty dark out there, folks. Civil it, liberties are being denied. In no uncertain terms, things are in a bad place for a lot of people right now. It's scary out there, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are people out there exercising their right to protest. If you're doing so, be safe. Not just with masking up and social distancing, but it's it's dangerous out there. Uh we support everybody out there standing up for what's right. Uh, we want to reiterate, we solidly believe Black Lives Matter. It's something that needs to be said, and it needs to be backed up. So this is our way of, in our own small little you know, bubble we've got here, saying that this is important. People need to hear it. People need to back it up. I agree. Yeah. Like, If you don't think Black Lives Matter, get off our podcast. We're not here for you if you don't believe Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. That might be a controversial stance to take on an X-Wing podcast, but it's... Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Non-racism shouldn't be controversial. Exactly. And out there, you know, everybody's seeing what's going on. If you are tired of it as we are, and you want to see things change, remember, register to vote. Do your part and help make that change out there. We've got a responsibility to more than just ourselves, and it's time we all own up to that. Indeed. With that being said, let's hit the music. And hello again. This is Tashi Station Radio, where we talk about X-Wing, sell power converters, and our power converters are still held up in customs until at least next week. So we've got some X-Wing to talk about. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm still Alex Smittle. Congratulations. Uh, uh, man, we're been... starting to run out of X-Wing to talk about. We, we truly are. It... It's July, FFG. Where are my points? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's been a thing. Uh, even FFG has been kind of uh, starved for content. But before that, uh, how's everybody doing? It's been a couple weeks since we got on the podcast. Uh, anything new? How are we holding up in uh, this continued time of isolation? Uh, we're keeping on, keeping on. You know, like they're gonna are lucky we live together. So. Yeah, our choice the, in video games has diversified. So. It's true. We're not just playing League of Legends anymore. Yeah. Oh, what have you got now? Um, pick, you're starting Borderlands up. Yeah, oh. doing a rerun of Borderlands. Yeah, I am playing through Bioshock for the first time ever. Oh, you've never played through Bioshock? No, I have not. Oh um, my god! It uh, honestly, I can say without a doubt, Bioshock is for a narrative story in what amounts to a first-person shooter game. One of the best series out there. Bioshock, Bioshock 2, and I will even throw Bioshock Infinite in there for as Watching much Infinite be played. I've not played any of them, but I've watched Infinite. I enjoy mm-hmm. them. Yeah, they're, they're, I, they're series. Uh, I just I, finished playing The Last of Us Part 2 and was like, I really just need more emotional draining play, gameplay that also scares <laughs> the crap out of me because I hate horror games so much. They, they make me so scared. It's so much fun to watch Doug yeah. play horror games. Oh, Nothing it's freaks me out more than horror games. And it's uh, so I didn't, terrible. I didn't realize how spoopy Border or Bioshock was until I started playing it. It's uh, oh yeah, it's a uh, it's spooky overtones. I refer to it often as tactical jump scare. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Like Halo Three, Halo Three just came out for the Master Chief series. Yeah, so yeah, we're playing, playing, playing some Halo. Halo. Nice, Indeed. nice. Um, I found the Solitaire app on my new laptop, 
So, <laughs> a lot of solitaire actually the last few days. I'm up to the Grandmaster difficulty oh my. of being able to win two in a row before I move I on. I didn't realize that I lived with a Grandmaster. <laughs> Indeed. Just, I've beaten Grandmaster. I've beaten Master. I'm oh, a Master. Oh, Jesus. I'm working on Grandmaster. After that, the story changes. Your story didn't change. You misinterpreted the story, man. So anyway, also, baseball on. comes back today for some people, tomorrow for the good teams that I like. Indeed. Um, uh, you know, I've been diversifying my video games as well, uh, branching out a bit from getting bored with Fallout 76 and jumping back into Elite Dangerous. Uh, with X-Wing being on hold, i got to get my Space uh, Jones somewhere, and uh, hopping back in my Space Trucker Simulator has been absolutely just wonderful. Uh, I, wish, I wish Latro wasn't such a time sink. Yeah, and... It, it suffers from that free-to-play-but-pay-for-all-the-good-parts uh, yeah. bit. Uh, it is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, sports, I mean, we we don't have real baseball back. Okay, it's, it's baseball, but we don't get to go out and watch it, and that's not really the same. True. Yeah, it's fine for me. <laughs> I'll take what I can get, man. I was... Uh, but, yeah, sports have been uh, an interesting... Normally, when things happen bad, we look to sports as a distraction. We do have uh, yeah, other sports news. The uh, the Washington uh, football team has... The Washington football team. <laughs> they are officially this season going to be the Washington football team, and I find that to be hilarious. Yeah. They just need clean white uniforms with nondescript black letters on them, and it'll be perfect. They're well, saying... They're saying burgundy and gold, unfortunately. They're, they're, yeah, they're staying that way, but I think they should just go as government-issued generic as possible. <laughs> Speaking of in bad times, the MLB is allowing teams to stencil Black Lives Matter on the pitcher's mounds and on their uniforms this year. So the Cardinals will be taking part in that tomorrow, where the they will have Black Lives Matter stenciled on the pitching mound for the game tomorrow. Uh, I saw a picture cool. of uh, Fenway Park having a giant Black Lives Matter um, Mural that was put up on the outside of it. Indeed, indeed. So, God, the MLB is doing their part to social, social justice and, and distance. Uh, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a new sport out there I just became aware of uh, called hockey. And uh, Seattle uh, Kraken, baby. Seattle Kraken's new 30 second expansion team. And uh, for those who uh, might be aware of me outside of this podcast, the Kraken is kind of my thing. And so I was like, oh, I have to watch hockey and I have a team now. So here I am. Hockey. Uh, is playing all of their games in Canada. Where it's safe. <laughs> they are playing in Edmonton and, uh, and uh, Toronto. All the teams are playing in those two cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, along with the uh, Washington football team, the uh, was it the, the Eskies that were formerly the Eskimos, which is by uh, a lot of folks considered to be a pejorative term, finally changed their name to the Eskies, which has not only been what people have called them for years, it's actually a geographic term for the kind of rivers you find up there. So good for them up there. Also, the Cleveland Indians are intending to change their name as well. They already retired their very racist logo of Chief Wahoo in years past, but they are actually going to change the name away from the Indians. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, again, seeing uh, these kind of things happen in public is a good good sign for where some things are going. It's a small sign. It is by no means an indicator of great change, but at least we can take some pride in the baby steps while we're it trying is, to It is a baby step in the right direction, and that's... It, it is a baby somewhere. step towards non-normalizing racism, which is true, nice. though. That's a good point, Dave. All right. But... Back on to X-Wing. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> Damn, we, should, we should really get a social justice podcast going. Three white guys <laughs> who are heterosexual and cisgender are the best. And say, as a white man, I have <laughs> opinions about everything, and they need to be discussed. Absolutely. That's why we have a podcast. All right. So there has actually been some FFG news this week. Talking about how there won't be any news for another week. Uh, Classic they, FFG news. They will be airing the in-flight report on the evening of the 29th uh, during, I believe this is the Gen Con, quote-unquote, Gen Con stream. Yeah, that's uh, Gen Con. That's the, all of Gen Con. <laughs> the in-flight report on the 29th and an actual X-Wing stream on the 30th. Uh, if this goes like their previous uh, ones, it'll be announcing new product in the in-flight and giving details of it during the stream on the 30th. Uh, we haven't seen a points update yet, but it'll probably be tied to one of those dates. Although bet on, bet on the 30th, so you're not disappointed. Yeah, bet, bet on the 30th. But uh, points in the past have almost always been dropped on Mondays, so it could be as early as Monday the 27th 
I think that is. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a decent chance of that. It, it very well could be. Uh, other Star Wars-related news, Disney Plus is putting out a new series, uh, one Clone Wars era series about the Bad Batch clones, which seemed to be uh, rather popular. And then Again, that was the weakest arc of the new season of Clone Wars, but if I'm going to give it a try, without a doubt. Yeah, it does yeah. also kind of justify that arc, which kind of felt out of place compared to the other two. True. It's, um, it's really weird a... because you see in like normal live action shows, backdoor pilots happen all the time, where they'll debut characters in a popular show and then spin them off into their own show if people like that episode. Pretty sure. You know, the, this is the first time I've seen it in animation, which kind of cracks me up. And also uh, announced this week. Uh, well, not officially, but many, many credible rumors that uh, Donald Glover may be back for a Disney Plus Lando series. That one would have me excited. Mm-hmm. Indeed, without a doubt. Really yeah, good. the best part of the Solo movie by far. Yeah. I wonder if they would get a... Uh, oh, God, what is what was Han's name? Uh, the actor's uh, name? Uh, Alden Eidenreich. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed him as I Han. I enjoyed him as Han as well. Um, I actually, yeah, I thought he was great. I really great. liked Solo. Like, yeah. I feel like yeah. Solo's kind of underrated. Yeah. Like, I'm not calling it a... a a great film or anything, but it was a very good Star Wars movie, in my yeah. opinion. Okay. I think its problem was the timing of its release. Yeah, and I just don't think people were ready for not Harrison Ford at the time. Like there is that, and uh, my hot take is that I Han Solo is to me the least interesting character in Star Wars, and a solo movie didn't really. I I I went to see it because it was Star Wars, and I've literally seen every Star Wars movie live in the theater. I was an infant for A New Hope, but I was there, <laughs> and. I went and I was. You're old. <laughs> yeah. For, for those of you who've been keeping track, I am Star Wars years old. <laughs> uh, Doxed. Yeah. <laughs> but on that note, uh, I actually, uh, X Wing related, guys, I got an invite to a tournament. Oh. Hey, that's exciting. Uh, the Militant Casuals out of uh, the West Coast, uh, fun group of people. I got to hang out with a couple of them at the Las Vegas Open, have invited me into their third. Uh, jank tournament that they've been running it will uh they, they've got the it, the way they do it is they put together in this chance it's 26 different completely randomly generated lists and you draft like fantasy football interesting yep and i am 15th out of 26 so this is going to be interesting they will generate the lists when the points drop so on our next podcast i'll most likely be able to tell you what i'm going to be flying and uh I will take any advice from listeners on how to win with it. Um, it be, uh, four points don't drop in July, and they drop in November <laughs> instead. July of 2021. Exactly. Sometime in the future, there's going to be a thing. Is it going to be standard Jank Tank rules where you can change around one upgrade, or is it just... Uh, the way they're doing it is you may add an upgrade only if you remove one upgrade. Okay. Interesting. So if you come in under the 200th, no free adding without removing something. So. Sure. Okay. That's, that's an interesting way to go about it. Yep. Say, I don't know. I don't remember if we talked about this in the last cast round, but Warfare Weekend has been canceled in St. Louis. Yeah, officially, know, yes. In November. Um, Doug can't defend his title, and I can't defend my slightly worse title of being first in Swiss. <laughs> um, yeah, we. That's a big we, sad. Yeah, so, that's really sad because this podcast kind of just owned face. We had a very good showing at that one that's tournament. Sweet. Doug won the whole thing. I was, was first in Swiss. Swiss. I was ninth in Swiss. I, I was, uh, Alex and I were the number one and two Republic players. Uh, All three made the cut. Yep. Um, and yeah. then uh, was uh, Crossroads was not long after that. So it was not a couple weeks after, after yeah. And, I uh, assume they, like, I haven't heard anything about it. I assume they're just... I'm assuming, and that's sad because Crossroads is the most fun I had going to oh, a tournament. A Crossroads year. is the best tournament, man. Yeah. It is, and we all did incredibly well there. You two made the cut. I missed it by about 70 points of MOV. Believe and, it or not, Doug won again, again. at that tournament. Um, I was yeah. top four there. There we go. Um, so. All I can say is Sunfock is an okay ship pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Before uh, the nerf, Sunfock was okay. It was just okay. Which actually brings us into our topic for this week. Uh, people have been out there complaining about stale lists and a stale meta, and it seems like that right now because the last time anybody has seen anything big and you know accurate in the metas was four months ago, back in early March. And I mean, the Dallas System Open was the uh, it was early February. Yeah. Was early. Oh God, it's been that long. Adeptcon yeah. was canceled in mid March. Right. Yeah. So that. You know, it's been that long since we've seen any kind of large standardized tournament. Uh, we've seen some things online, of course, with the uh, uh, 
Space Jam and, of course, Jank Tanks. But it's really seen with no points updates, with no new product coming out, with no big tournaments that tend to shift the meta. We've seen a lot of staleness and stability. And so we thought we'd do a little uh, experiment that we're going to call Garbage to Gold. Uh, taking a look at the least played ship in each faction going off of the last six months of data from List Fortress, November 19 to present, so eight months of data actually, uh, taking a look at the least played ship in each faction and how it could be used to good effect in a list. Oh, I misunderstood the experiment. I thought we were just going to crap on these lists or on these ships. No, we got to take these bad, these, you know, um... these proverbial turds in the X Wing Punch Bowl. And find Chris. some way they could be used. Is that a, in, that a uh, phrase people say? Do we need to find a useful use for the ship or actually put a list around it? Oh, God, not put a list around it. Ain't okay. no one got time for that. But find okay. a use, something about yes, it. That's already up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but starting off with the Rebel faction, the least played ship over the last eight months has been the Ozatuck gunship. Understandably, because it got hit pretty hard with the nerf bat in 2.0, not only with points, but with the change to how Reinforce works. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think it, it is a little bit 1.0 hangover still as to why it's not being played. Uh, but also, uh, so it used to have 9 health, right? Now it's only 8 health? Correct. Yeah, so essentially what you're looking at now is you're comparing it to a B-Wing in terms of health. So it's the defensive version of a B-Wing. Uh, mm -hmm. And it costs more, which is generally worse. Um, True. Like it's, it makes it cheaper, it makes less efficient. Uh, like it's a good thing that there are no cheap mods that can, or no cheap abilities you can slap on us to give it mods. Uh, but as that's a result, why they, but that's why they worked at one point. Was they yeah, had a exactly. one point upgrade that gave them some form of dice modification so they can. Wookie Commandos. What we're well, yeah, Wookie, yeah, Wookie Commandos was excellent. Uh, I flew the hell out of Lorik with Ray Crew. And uh, that was the other thing. It's a double crew carrier, but there aren't a lot of, especially in the Rebel faction, game-breaking crew that you don't have to build a list around. You've got amazing crew like R2D crew, Kanan, uh, in some lists, Leia, that can really amplify a list. But this is already, for the generic I-1, it's a 44-point ship with 8 health behind 1 agility. Offensively, it can throw a punch. It's got that 180-degree three-die arc, so its bad dial isn't as bad because of that. No, the dial's actually not a, a limitation at all because two hearts with a 100-degree arc is basically a turret. Yeah. yeah. Um, the issue is those three dice are either unmodified because you reinforced or, or you didn't do the main point of the ship, which is reinforced. Reinforce. Exactly. Yeah. I think also the problem is if you look at it compared to a lot of similar chassis within Rubble, it's the most expensive one. Like, yes, uh, the B-Wing, uh, the U-Wing. The B-Wing is three points more if you want the three dice, eight health, tanky ship that's going to shoot a lot. U-Wing uh, is one point less and has an extra agility for the crew carrier. Yeah, uh, and that, that's exactly what I was looking at. And if you want, you know, the comparing the Ozotuck to the U-Wing, it comes out so far behind mm -hmm. just for the option to have the, the reinforce on the action bar. It's... I mean, a red barrel roll, no target lock. This ship really got hosed. So, of those things in one point now either, though. Yeah, yeah. But again, it, it lacks the the obvious power cards that I mean, naked Wookies in one point weren't even a thing. If you were flying quad Wookies, you threw commandos on them because the points were there for it. Yeah, I do want to throw out though. All of that being said, I don't think the gunship is actually a bad ship. It's just the rebels have better options. Mm -hmm. um, I, it's not going to be the optimal choice ever. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what what exists out there for Rebels, uh, assuming the extended format, because we're looking at the Ozituck, that would make this worthwhile? Uh, I think you go have to look at one crew. of the name guys with crew, I think. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, a lot of people, Wolf Waro plus Saw Guerrera is a uh, popular... Yeah, that's legit, uh, I think. It's scary. Yeah, Magma um, is also sides. a really good choice on these Mag guys. Magma's um, really good in general, man. Play yeah. Magva Yarrow Crew. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, Magma's incredibly good in this list uh, because they don't have target lock normally. Mm -hmm. uh, other things that can do there, uh, uh, Horton, not, not Horton, Dutch. Dutch and his ability to pass along target locks. 
Garvin Drace. Garvin Drace or Asigi Tuketu with the token sharing ability. I mean, yeah. Kanan is a, a fantastic crew as well and worth oh. clapping onto one yeah. if you're bringing one like... Yeah, yeah, the, yeah problem just gets expensive quick. It does. It does. base cost is fifty six, uh, and then even like just Magvo, which is one of the cheaper options we've talked about, that's still eight more points for sixty four, straight up. Uh, and at that point, you're looking at a decently loaded out E wing for the same price, like close to Luke's cost. You're more than yeah. Luke's cost at that point. Yep. <laughs> and Luke is more defensive than an Ozatuk. Yep. Yeah. I had to just check something in Yasby, and unfortunately, the. Uh, the list I made when uh, one, the, when 2.0 was released is no longer viable because of points changes. But for just shits and giggles, a, a Kashyyyk Defender with Afterburners is 50 points. <laughs> and that sounds like a bad option, but... It does, it does sound like a bad option. I'll well, you. <laughs> hilariously, if you want to joust... Three of these with afterburners being able to reinforce boost right at someone and just be a tanky, no dice mods block is about the most Leroy Jenkins dumb fun charge you can do. That does sound entertaining, but not bad because the, you have well, no dice mods. What I was going to say is you can now change that to four knaves, four E wings, and enter combat mm. with focus target lock instead. Exactly. The rebels always have better options. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really the crux of the gunship's problem it's not that it's a bad ship it's that everything else in that point range for rebels that fits the same thing that you want is a little bit better mm -hmm. um, so with the ozatuck you're pretty much looking at take one of the named pilots with crew that make them better and build a list around sharing mods yeah you, know, yeah, I mean, you necessarily have to build a list around sharing mods you can build like one with just Magva is a completely independent ship, and that's right. a, it's a solid that, piece. That's what I mean, you know, sharing mods because another ship is technically letting you have that mod. <laughs> an enemy ship, when they shoot at you. <laughs> I can also, I can see an argument if you really don't want the medium base of the U-Wing for whatever reason, doing one generic with Leia crew doesn't sound the worst. Like, but Doug, medium bases always fit. And if an Ossetuck bumps... It is the worst day ever because now they don't even get their reinforced to make up for that poor little one agility. True, but let me open. It's easier for a small base ship to bump than a medium base ship. <laughs> because medium bases don't bump; they always fit exactly where you want them to go. All right. Well, uh, so I will say the one the one thing pro Ozatuck is I believe it's tankier than a Ewing on average. Probably. Um, With the reinforce there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because the reinforce you are getting one evade on every single roll. Yeah, so if you have a if you have a list that particularly relies on Leia staying around as long as as possible, then a generic Ozatuck with Leia might be a better option. Uh, it's also cheaper than cheaper than Cassian, who is the most common Ewing pilot. Um, so uh, that's probably where I would look if I like had to put an Ozatuck in a list. Gun to your head, put an Ozatuck in a list. <laughs> yeah, use use it um, in beef. Got it. All right, well, from Rebels on to the Empire, and probably surprising nobody, the least played Empire ship is the TIE Aggressor. And I honestly think this is the biggest injustice in this whole list, because I think the TIE Aggressor isn't a bad ship. It actually should be surprising that it's least played, because 26 points for that stat line is amazing. It is good. Um, I think it kind of falls... Well, not necessarily the same boat as the Ozatuck. Uh, it's not because there are other things in the faction that are just as good, if not better. It's that if you want this like Torrent-esque generic, there are better factions for it. Like Torrents. Like Torrents, <laughs> or Tiafos, or Six. Six. Even. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, the TIE Aggressor is, is pretty solid at 26 points for 5 health. Two of its shields, or one of its shields, I don't remember. I think it's two. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, it is, yeah, four, four health, four hull, one shield. Okay, so one shield. Um, pretty good dial. Nothing amazing, but it has yeah, very little red. Yeah, um, it, the only red is the 4K. Yeah, the turret slot is unfortunately pretty much a waste on it. Um, yeah, the double just, missile slot's kind of a waste. Uh, but barrage, just, ro barrage rockets are decent, because if you throw... Uh, uh, yeah, but now you're already up to 34 points. Right, and that's why you're yeah. not going to see them ever drop to 25, because we don't want to see six of these things with barrage rockets. Right, but even then, like, you're, you you can get three die ships in the same faction for 31 instead, in the Interceptor or the Striker. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So, like, they're definitely best naked, in my opinion. And they're not bad. It's just I you think can generally get more efficient with TIE Fighters, or you can get stronger Jousters with, like, Strikers or Interceptors. I don't think it's necessarily a bad call to bring TIE Interceptors at 26 points. as a Like, say you released Flying Republic, and gun to your head, you gotta play Empire. Bring mm-hmm. TIE Aggressors, because the same thing as Torrents. Yeah. <laughs> and then bring yeah, Sentry, um, it's better than Jedi. Yeah, they're definitely not bad, by any means. They, they probably shouldn't be the least played ship in the faction. I agree. Um, That's true. Uh, gunboats uh, are worse, I think, in my opinion. I agree. I, I do agree. Gunboats also get hit pretty hard with the nerf. Your nostalgia is stupid, people. <laughs> oh damn! I hate I hate the gunboat. That's I. I'll come out on I'll come out on the record and say I think it's dumb. <laughs> it looks stupid. Why Why does the land need that many wings? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you're looking at the uh, the aggressor, that, now, now that's controversial. <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to look at the high aggressor, not just the uh, the cheapest generic, but are there ways you can make this good? It is a cheap ordnance carrier. Uh, uh, Kestel's a ton of fun if you fully load her and play her in aces high. Theory, <laughs> Kestel is a Jedi counter, quote-unquote. Yeah, Kestel... Yeah. Um, She's okay. not worth the points to do it, though, in my opinion. Kestel, unfortunately, actually got hit kind of hard by the fifth brother nerf. Uh, like, fifth brother growing up. Like, fifth brother on Kestel was... Still very expensive. Really good because I get focuses and you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, like you use fifth brother for offense, obviously, and then you use yep. the focus to prevent them from modding. Um, and then you can do things like an ion cannon, fifth brother. That's forty-seven points, which isn't the worst. But then you're ioning a lot of things that normally can mod out, like Jedi yeah. and. But at the end of the day, you're an I four ship, and the more expensive you make it, the less appealing the five health on two agility gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, I've played against the. Kill Jedi, Fifth Brother, Ion Cannon Kestel one time while flying Jedi, and what I did was just fly into range one and kill her. <laughs> yeah, that's the... Uh, and then it's Double a great Edge is yeah, double, no, double Edge is bad. Yeah, Kestel is a great is trick, but Kestel is a trick on a chassis that does not live through sustained fire. Yeah. 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 Uh, which would be fine if you could reliably flank or something with her, but she's only I-4, and it's not a fast ship, so mm-hmm. it's yeah, difficult it's to get her a, position. It's got a lot of maneuvers, but they're all slow. Yeah. And it's mostly a camp boost. It doesn't have any linked actions other than barrel into an evade. Um, Just it so. doesn't have great blues, even when it is linking. Like, but, Doug, if you put debris gamut on it, that could be a barrel roll into a white evade. That is true. Uh... The thing is, Kestel really wants to focus to use her yeah, ability. Right. <laughs> yeah. I do is focus. If you're double edge, doesn't matter. So yeah, like maybe an Onyx Squadron with uh, debris gamut four. That's yeah. thirty-two points. That's not awful. It's just a lot of points for not a lot of offense at that point. And, it, yeah, and if that's what I'm looking at, I look at that and go, I'd rather be flying a torrent. Yeah, or like oh, yeah. so that thirty-two points. I'd rather just have a striker that evaded every turn. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, yeah. For one point less. Again, I think it falls into the same category as not a terrible ship. Better than the Oz attack, I'll say. But it's yeah, really, like if it drops down to twenty-five, oh, then it might they, be it might be real real everywhere. Yeah, and like bringing I don't know, like a pack of four of them leaves ninety-six points. So then you could get a fat Vader in there. You could do, be Vader. You could do five and have a decent soon tier. Like maybe there's something to that. Uh, I just think there are better swarm options in. Pretty much every faction, including Empire, with regular side fighters. <laughs> well, just looking off the top of my head, yeah, five of them, and uh, actually, yeah, four of them, and a super with ion turrets and a super fat soon tier or Vader is uh, it's not bad. But I can't think of looking at four ion cannon tie aggressors. I'd almost want. What if I had two more tie fighters and I was harder to kill? Three more TIE Fighters if you're bringing Suntir. You can fit Suntir in seven academies. I know. that. Yeah. Oh, bummer. Onyxes with Ruthless and Ion Cannon are 34 points. And, yep, that's the other thing I look if right they, at. If they were 33, I'd, just, I'd take six of them and murder myself to Ion you off the board. I'd be down for that. Yeah. I mean, Dor- 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 off one of them. Just give them a 180-degree arc or a bow tie. Yeah. But, yeah. Have a uh, turret, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think, though, as, uh, as cheap fillers go... If I've got 22 points, I'm throwing an Academy pilot in. But if I've got 31 points and nothing else to do with it, an Ion Cannon Aggressor is not a bad choice because it's always good to have a control element. Yeah, uh, it's not bad. Like, 
I it's think problem is that it's the exact cost of a striker or an, or an interceptor, and I think you get more value out of them. Um, but it's not it's not a landslide. Like I don't think you're wrong for mm-hmm. taking the aggressor. Right. You're not actively hindering yourself. Yeah. Right. I, I guess the thing is, it's easier to get the value out of a striker or interceptor than it is out of the aggressor. That's a good way to put it, I think. Yeah. That's very true. Well, moving on to the Scum and Villainy faction, a ship that is very difficult to find a justification for, and yet that initially on release saw a whole lot of play. The uh, customized YT-1300 freighter Lando's Falcon. It's so yeah, bad. I mean, it's all out of play in the second edition only format, and it was the newest ship. Um, yeah, it's just not. Good. I spent it's a just, long time trying to make yeah. it work. It's such a neat ship, but like Doug can, can Doug can testify. Yeah, he and I spent a long time trying to build a list that would that can make it work. Yeah, and even so, the five die Han isn't very good. No, because the have, thing is, so many things I, fall into place to make that work. Yeah, I, I you used to be able to justify the I one as a comparable to better blocker than a contracted scout because it had boost instead of barrel roll, which is a is wash. It, um, is it five points better? But yeah, now it's five points more expensive than a scout. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't at the time. At the time, it, it wasn't was cheaper at the time, than a scout. Yeah, yeah. The, the scout got a good thing, and that made the the freighter captain even worse. Yeah, even uh, when the scout was forty four, which was last update, like. The freighter captain still had a bow tie versus one arc, and it could turn right. And you know, it's like there were arguments for it, but at forty six, it was bad. Um, if you forced me to put a Lando's Falcon into a list, I think I would just do a naked Lando Calrissian. They have a very modified two die shots. Yeah, like he's he's kind of in the way against higher initiative stuff. Uh, he shoots frequently because of the bow tie. He's got a very, very well modified two attack die shot, which will be three dice a lot because he's a large base ship with boost. Um, I wouldn't call it good, but it's like it's not awful. Yeah, yeah. Bend in my head. That's probably what I'd do. Yeah, maybe I throw would... the title on there, but otherwise i wouldn't bring a Landis falcon even if you paid well, what if you pay me cuz i <laughs> sell out i'm a sellout but stone fact hit me up if you want to pay me to bring a Landis falcon to a tournament <laughs> how many how many points is ace high again it's been so long 80 80 points 80? okay he might be able to do something fun in ace high with han true five die han I'm trying to remember what we threw into what I was calling for a while the scum parking lot, which was uh, just a bunch of lar- the, their cheap large base ships all with feedback array, and then I think Sunny Bounder in there to make life even funnier. Uh, it was got so much that you could just jam up the center of a board with, but as we've learned, gimmicks don't make things good. Damn. And if you have a one-note meme list, that's not an argument for flying a ship. The advantage, you do have 11 health behind one agility, so it is somewhat survivable. It takes a long time to kill. Yeah, but at the same time, you're not dishing out equivalent damage. Uh, that two attack die is not going to make friends with anybody. It's got the red boost and the sloops and lackluster greens or blues but again lando as a pilot i like lando scum lando better than i do scum han yeah i mean scum han is doubling down on the obstructor shots which is uh like the same reason blackouts pretty much a blank pilot ability you just can't you can't play around obstructing shots very well yeah Uh, you either have to misposition yourself or you can't reliably get the obstructions Skohan does have uh, the initiative six at only fifty-four points. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason he costs only fifty-four points, though. Yeah, you're not looking at the the danger output that a I six with a three attack die gun brings. Unfortunately, it kind of feels like FFG just kind of forgot about the Lando's Falcon. Um, like they just keep making jump masters cheaper and cheaper, and really trying to make them work. And like Dengar is cheaper than Han Solo now. Excuse me. Uh, and Dengar's ability is far better than Han's. Oh, true. Ab- absolutely. If you're bringing a two to I six. Bring Dengar instead. Bring Dengar. <laughs> There's yeah, no reason. It's a good. Okay, not a good ship. It's a ship that has been made even more obsolete by everything else that's come after it. Yeah. You know what I would 
you guys are going to immediately kick me off the podcast for this. But you know, oh, my button's already on the trigger, man. <laughs> you know, what would make the uh, Lando's Falcon with the title better? Tactician. I mean, you're correct, but get off this podcast. Yeah. That's you know, specified in arc only. If it's specified in arc only, all these things that you could, you know, if there were stress control out there, that title would be a lot more worthwhile. Yeah. But outside but we of. Don't, stress control is bad design. Yeah, triple zero is the best you got. Mm-hmm. And yeah, triple zero and the first order are the stress control of 2.0. Mm-hmm. Stress control is a bad design space, in my opinion. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's not. It doesn't create much counterplay, and it's not fun to play against. It's kind of a. Now, now also, really, you can't look at Lando's Falcon in a vacuum. You've got to look at it with the escape craft because that's kind of how it was designed. With that, you know, it's the. It, it can get two pilot abilities. That is true. Yeah. However, it's none not, of them are incredibly good. I mean, Han with Lando shuttle is the best you got. Yeah, like, God, that's expensive. Yeah, it is expensive, exactly. but yeah, because that Lando shuttle is eight hundred points. Yeah, <laughs> I say if both of them naked is eighty three points, and that's for a pseudo three attack die ship that can pseudo dice. It can reroll dice for a stress if it's not stressed. Which yeah. means for there you're bringing L three as well and trying to flip her as soon as possible, yeah. which is four more points. Yeah, I actually went back looking, and you know what's sad? In two point as much as I've flown scum. Lando in the escape craft is the scum ship I've flown the most. I mean, well, yeah, it's really good. Super busted yeah. for a long time. And, you know, hey, the Lando in the escape craft comes with a free uh, YT-1300 in the box, so there, there's a good point for it. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, I think the, the Lando's Falcon is very similar to the Ozatuck. It is not necessarily a bad ship. There's just better options for less points. Alright. So... Moving along to uh, the Resistance, which none of us really fly a lot, and unsurprisingly, it's... Excuse me, the Resistance is the last faction I've flown. Is it? Yeah, I flew Ray and a couple A-Wings and Finn a couple weeks ago. I don't recall that. Yeah. Did you beat me? I did. I don't recall that. (laughs) All right, but... uh, Ray is very good. The A-Wings are very good. What yeah. isn't apparently as good is the MG-100 Star Fortress, the Resistance Bomber. And the thing is, it almost should be, because the generic at 52 points is expensive, but you're looking at a 3-die primary with a 2-die bow tie. That is a lot of area control, even if you don't count the fact that it's a bomb machine. Yeah, uh, the problem is... Similar to the the Lando's Falcon, you're paying a lot of points for a two attack die ship, and I say two attack die even though it technically has a third, because that thing's dial is just atrocious. Yeah, um, like the it it will get front arcs shots every once in a while, but it can't reliably do it. And fifty two points to throw two attack dice is, is awful. Um, I I actually think adding the three die primary kind of killed the ship. Really? First edition. Yeah, because you the can't cost. make it cheaper. That's, That's true. Like, um, like yeah, I mean, it could go down to 51 probably, but you don't want it to... You don't. I don't think you want four of them on the board. That's a ton of health and board space coverage. Um, yeah. That dice, like, yeah. <laughs> the, the most use I've seen out of the resistance bomber, of course, doesn't use any bombs, uh, and it made a I think it actually saw some minor success. Was an eighty-five point Venny, yeah, with advanced optics, veteran turret gunner, the double tap Venny pilot, and uh, hey, Chico. Yep, it's the uh, the double tap out the same arc, rotate things all over the place, have your mods and eat them too. Uh, I don't see Finn. Yeah, I misremember. Yeah, yeah, Finn as well. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so does. that if you did get that front arc shot, it was just absolutely tearing through stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's it's. I've flown it. It's fun. But it's also 85 points minimum if you're yeah, going with it. You have to a lot of investment in points and in play to make yeah. that recoup its value. You have to play phenomenally with it to make it recoup its value. It's a it's a Swiss killer, is what it is. Like if you yeah. haven't if you haven't played against it before and you you don't immediately recognize the danger, it'll just steamroll you. But uh, it's it's very gimmicky because you're investing so many points into such an immobile ship. Uh, and so you've few, brought A-Wings, and then the rest of your list yeah. is A-Wings. Like, yeah, the rest of your ship does, list does no damage. So, 
it's uh, it, yeah, it always felt like kind of a shtick list to me. Uh, obviously, if you if you pilot it perfectly, that Vinny can put out just a monstrous amount of damage. Um, Truth, there but is, I don't but think it was consistent enough. You know what the resistance has at eighty-two points? Ray with title and Finn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, here's a good ship, and here's one that's so much better for cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, I know we're not talking about it, but Jesus Christ, people, play Ray. She's so good. She's so yeah. good and cheap. 70 points for an I-5 ship with two force on a bowtie turret is absolutely insane. And, and just ignore her pilot ability, man. Like, if that's what you're worried about. I mean, you don't have to because the Race Falcon title is two points and then it's super easy to keep Archon stuff. But, like, if, if you just want to run a naked Ray for, for 70 points, point the bowtie sideways and play her like any other Falcon with force tokens. Yeah. Car, cargo lock every turn, then you have yeah. fully modded shots every turn. Yep. It's ridiculous. And yeah, I can, I can, having fallen prey to that ray a number of times. Uh, and the thing about resistance is you have so many options for what the rest of the 130 points of your list are. Uh, 85 of them could be super Venny. If, yeah. if Venny doesn't do it for you, you've got Ray out there. That's, you know, a huge, it's not even a points fortress because you're giving up those 85 points. But if your opponent ignores Ray long enough to go after Venny, they're going to lose some ships. Yeah. He can also do three T-70s. You can do three A-wings. You can do... He uh, can do three, the three I-5 A-wings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could run Ray and then the three I-5 A-wings and have four I-5 ships. Yeah. That is nuts. But I just I don't... Do... Oh, sorry. Star For- I don't think the Star Fortress is... A ship that is worth trying to make viable, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, like it's in in play in design. I'm sure there's a design space where it's viable, but I, I don't think, think it's. I think the problem is they tried to make it both a gunship and a munition ship, like specifically bombs, and yeah. it's it's too expensive to be great at either. But it has too many options to get cheaper. Um, exactly. That's... If you make that ship too sh- too cheap, it can suddenly do whatever it wants and is an absolute terror. Uh, I so could also see, kind of pricey. like, tossing a generic in, just naked, for that three-die gun. Yeah. But it's a worse la- It's worse than a Lambda in that case. Like, Yeah, it's, its style is so bad. Like, style is garbo. It, does, it can point an arc in any direction, which is nice. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, the T-70 is such an amazing ship mm-hmm. as well, and for it's cheaper. 10 points less. Yeah. yeah. So, you're really looking at... Uh, if the Star Fortress is going to be good, you've got to pack a ton of points into it to make it a solid B minus ship. Mm-hmm. It, again, that, like yeah. it's going to cost a lot, and you have to play phenomenally with it to recoup its value. Mm-hmm. Anything short of phenomenal is not going to recoup its value, and then it's worse than a B minus ship. Yeah. That's a D, a D tier ship. One of the reasons I think I overestimated this is because locally we have some very good resistance bomber players. Uh, one of my favorite stories is when this ship came out in first edition, uh, the three of us all went to a local terminal, which was only, I believe, uh, seven people. And uh, the, the oh, resistance yes. had just oh, the out. Jeff tournament. Shout yeah. out to Jeff Eckthorne. Yeah. Jeff Eckthorne, who <laughs> yeah. brought, uh, was it two resistance bombers and a ghost? Yep. And yeah, like one of them was Bob, or uh, whatever his actual uh, name is. Uh, uh, Finch Dallow. Finch Dallow, yeah. Finch Dallow, Finch Dallow, yeah. yeah. He was Cobalt Leader at the time, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lets you drop a bomb touching his base anywhere. Um, but yeah, he just terrorized with that, he, and he, he he got that sort of sell another. He sold six, yeah six bombers or something. Everybody yeah, bought that one. store yeah, sold out resistance bombers. Our game was because... so hilarious because I was running the uh, Captain Nim Soul Six of Minefield Mapper, uh, not technically a fortress list. I'm just going to build my no man's land of cluster mines. It's and, a puzzle to be solved. Yeah, his, his puzzle <laughs> was charging the ghost through it and annihilating me. And so there, we locally, uh, again, this has always been, and uh, our friend of the podcast, Greg Smith, Greg, Greg. Uh, Greg has actually flown the uh, Star Fortress, uh, well-painted Star Fortress, in fact, to some success. Greg. But that's more on the hands of the player than the ship. It's one of those that requires a huge investment to make it even barely good. The thing is, there's always there's just always going to be a better choice than a Star Fortress in Resistance because there are it's the only ship in Resistance that isn't competitively viable easily. Yeah, like, it's literally the only thing it has that nothing else in Resistance has is bombs, 
and bombs don't carry games in second edition. They're utility. They do not. Well, going from a faction where you have to find an excuse to play this ship, a faction where you have to find an excuse not to, the least played ship in the First Order is the Upsilon-class shuttle. Uh, I predict that the Tiberian will take that slot soon. But you like, think? Once, because, uh, once, once the world opens back up and tournaments start happening, yeah, I think so. Because uh, you got to fly a Tiberian really well to make it work. Yeah, there is that. And Upsilons are good. I mean, they uh, the dormant nerf triple, triple ups getting nerfed uh, obviously was a bit of a hit to them. It was amazing because that list ruined X Wing. Yeah, I hated that so much. When when we were trying to design lists just to beat one specific list, that's that's bad for the game. I'm so glad between tournaments we went to a tournament and then right afterwards triple up clans came out and then right before um, Adeptcon they nerfed it. And I was like, oh cool, we never actually had to play against it in yeah, the tournament. It was great. Uh, but you look at double Upsilon, Kylo is a list that Kylo quick draw Tavson. Kylo quick draw Tavson. Tavson is so good. Uh, Tavson with the his abilities, guys. As much as I love, love, love my fun little funny droid, Tavson Gonk droid is not a good idea. It's a 10 point reinforce. Matt has kicked the habit. He's a free. <laughs> He's a free. He's allowed back on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Don't bring Gog Dreads. Yeah, guys. so what makes Tavson good is that Upsons only get one, maybe two good shots a game. And uh, and Tavson guarantees that shot is very, very good. Very strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the whole thing with the Upsons being able to get those shots and then do... Even one Upsilon can do that death spiral for the remainder of the game, and that four die turret, that turret, four die primary is an area denial yeah. because even at range three, you want to be sitting dial, there. Man. Yeah, that dial for a shuttle is—it's pretty uh, good, <laughs> better than the I Lambda, think. and it shouldn't be because that ship is the most. Ah, it's it's one of those ships that I will, Alex, and I, you're gonna, you're going to say the theme doesn't matter in X Wing, but it is. Thing. It is, a gi- with him. it is a gigantic, slow, flappy, flappy space bat the size of a high school gymnasium. It should not have a dial that's better than the Lambda. So I do want to clarify some stuff, because a lot of people listening to us talk about the Star Fortress and then looking at the the Upsilon might notice that the Upsilon and, and Star Fortress dials are actually nearly identical. Uh, but the white three bank is really big for the yeah. Upsilon. As it lets it disengage a lot easier to come back around. It lets it do um, things like move. Yeah, but the bigger thing is, even though the Epsilon won't shoot its primary almost as often as the Star Fortress won't, that four-die attack is such a, a zoning tool. Like, yeah. you can't just wander into a four-die attack and go, eh, whatever. And I'll, I'll, take probably, I'll probably roll out of it. It'll yeah. be fine. Like the, the chances of them just, you know, nattying out on you or or you know, some random variance happening and you just lose a ship is, is too big of a risk. Too big of a um, risk. That and the fact that it is a four-die primary on a large base, which covers quite a bit of area just because of geometry and math, and it has a one-hard. Yes, it's red, but that can pivot that zone of death anywhere. Yeah. Actually, yeah, like, the Epsilon's a really, really solid ship. Mm-hmm. And um, and the biggest thing is the fourth attack day. Like, yeah, that's huge. I just want to emphasize that because at surface value, the... The Star Fortress has a lot of similarities, but it's three attack dice, and it's a lot easier to ignore one auto-modified three attack dice. And the difference from two to three is so much smaller than the difference from three to four. Yeah. yeah. Three to four attack dice is so, 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 so much exponentially stronger. Red dice are exponentially stronger. Yeah, when you stack them in one attack. If I'm flying in an A-Wing and Poe Dameron with double mods is staring me down, I'm not afraid of dying. If I'm an A-Wing and I'm staring down Tabson, I am shitting myself because there's just that chance you could go poof immediately. That um, They make the cut a lot with Tabson, yes. but they don't advance very far in the cut. And part of that is a lot of people realize once they get to the cut, they know that the Upsilon's only going to shoot one or two times, so they just don't shoot at Tabson to give him the extra actions. And that is a specific Tabson thing. It is. Yeah. It's just the most common Upsilon that we yeah. see. But yeah. it does cut a lot, and it's a very dependable ship. Mm-hmm. I think you can't go wrong putting one on your list. Yeah. Uh, well, looking at it, uh, I would actually, because we all agree it's a good ship, what about the pilots we never see, like Major Striden and Captain Cardinal? 
Captain Cardinal is garbage, and my conversion kit didn't come with a Captain Cardinal, and I didn't care. One hundred percent straight up true. Captain Cardinal was not in my conversion kit for first order, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing you're looking at is like Striden isn't bad necessarily. Uh, it's just any points you're paying above the base fifty-eight for the Starkiller base pilot, you really need to get a lot of investment for those points. And Tavzin, I think, is the only one that really does that. Yeah, Norman yeah, did back in the, the only day. The one that reliably does that. Triple epsilons, but yeah. yeah. Since then, Tavson will always recoup his value. Yeah. yeah, Strident and Cardinal are both at Initiative 4, but with this ship, it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah, Strident's ability is way more important than his... Oh, Strident's ability to be able to coordinate out to range 3 is amazing. It's really yeah. But then his 4 die attack isn't, hasn't had bots. Yeah. That is true. Um, um, but uh, the Initiative does, does kind of matter on a 4 die ship, because you're, it makes initiative, initiative killing is a real thing you can do with you know, four die attacks. But hey, you know what you can do instead of uh Venny for eighty five points? Striden with Kylo Ren and Snoke. Striden oh yeah. Uh hey, hey, two force points on this guy. Yeah. I believe Snoke. I don't think I believe Kylo crew right now. That's just a force point. Yeah, that's an expensive one. Anyway, I, I don't think Striden is necessarily bad. Uh, the big thing is Tavson, aside from the fact that he gets lots of modified shots, his ability is essentially just actions. Like, it's just so many extra actions. It's just actions. On a yeah. ship that has an amazing action bar. There is not a single bad action to take on an Upsilon. Like, uh, you know how many times a Tavson has disrespect jammed after dying? Yes! One of its charges? Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's oh. messed up, man. Yeah, not to mention you get into... Uh, super fringe cases like a Tavsin taking a crit before his big shot and that crit is a weapons failure so then he goes okay I'll Tavsin to flip it down now I'll shoot you with five dice anyway like well your I like your I6 shoots yeah and Tavsin's like okay I'll coordinate to Kylo now before mm -hmm. Kylo shoots like yeah. yeah and uh I think it's pretty firmly least played just cuz like you said pretty much every ship in first order is good um it's why I I would predict that the Tiberian will become the least popular. It might not. It's fun. To I fly. do. I agree, um, though. Like as far as competitive play goes, um, yeah. people are going to find out eventually that barons are not easy. Yeah, and they're going to start giving up those points. Yeah. Similar to our topic of taking an aggressor over a striker or an interceptor, it's not that they're bad. It's that it's a lot harder to get your value out of them than it is with other ships in first order. And when it comes to interceptors, Major Von Reg is no soon to your fell. No, he's he's pretty good though. Yeah. He's right. uh he's closer to a wedge Antilles. Indeed. It's true. Or a Fenrauer. Well, uh moving from the first order onto the Republic. Again, mostly because of lack of options, the least played Republic ship is the V19 Torrent. And I think we're kind of all in agreement that the V19 is only not common because it isn't in hyperspace right now. Yeah. Yeah, like, pretty much. Like uh I think the Y Wing or the Arc are definitely worse ships than the Torrent, but you can agree. play both of those in hyperspace, so Yeah. Yep. The, the Torrent is probably... See, Republic, I've done well with them. They're all fun ships to fly. The Torrent is amazing because it reminds me of a B-Wing without the one agility of a B-Wing. And with the three attack die, but you're paying almost half the cost for it. The Torrent is... It, at 25 points, I think it's the strongest filler ship of a faction. Uh, I would say the FO is stronger now. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I would say the FO is stronger now, but it wasn't 25 points whenever the torrents were popular. No, no, it was not. So, yeah, the last time I played torrents at, at 25 points running the uh, like uh, Alex and I did at Warfare Weekend, the uh, Sarah Teslam special, which was uh, Delta 7 Obi Wan, uh, Ion Cannon broadside, a naked uh, generic Arc 170, and two torrents. Those torrents carried a lot more than 50 points of that list because, depending on your list configuration, a torrent at 25, no one's going to look at that and go, that's a threat I need to get off the board. No one's going to commit to chasing just 25 points, but yet they're agile enough and maneuverable enough to get into really good flanking positions and make your opponent pay for ignoring them. We have different experiences, Matt. Because people chased the crap out of my torrents, and I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> because if you're, 
That ship, that ship costs nothing, and it's, it means nothing. Thank you for chasing And it. it's tanky, man. Yeah. Like, it takes a long time to kill a torrent. Yeah. And they're just chasing them with all of their ships, and I'm like, well, Obi-Wan and the Ark are behind you laying in three die shots. I appreciate you, man. So much. <laughs> <laughs> also, one of my torrents killed Duncan Suntier, so torrents for life. That, that is technically um, a thing that happened, true. But, I, I mean, the biggest thing is torrents were one of the best Republic ships in a world with pre-nerfed Jedi. And they didn't change. So, like, literally the only reason you don't see them is because you can't take them. Because you're not allowed to bring them. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way you get people not to fly them. You ban them. Yeah. But I would say the Y-Wing is definitely a worse ship. Yeah, and I would say the Ark is a worse ship, too. I would say probably is, less worse, but I I think the Y-Wing is pretty close to just a bad ship. Yeah, I think other than Broadside, the Y-Wing is bad. Don't bring Matchstick. Please, God. Throwback. Well, unless you're playing me, then go ahead and bring Matchstick. Yeah, bring Matchstick against us and chase our torrents with him. But... There you go. <laughs> so the torrent, uh, even with you know extended being in there, it's uh, it's probably if you looked at just extended, I would say the torrent gets more got more play than the Y wing because it's been around for longer. But other than the fact that broadside's the only Y wing that really sees play, I think that the torrent is again. Technically, the least played ship, still a good ship, and you should fit it in if you can as filler in a uh, Republic list. I mean, it's hard. It's hard not to fit it in. It's if, exactly if you, twenty-five points. Yeah, I will say if you don't have the points to fit in a Jedi Knight, a Torrent is not as good. But oh, okay. it's not as good. But it's yeah. fine for twenty-five. Yeah, points. yeah. Like <laughs> torrents are torrents are ex- like hell. Hello. They're very valuable. Also hella valuable. I think the thing with torrents is that you get 25 points of value out of them pretty much regardless of what you do. Yeah. Like, if they Just the shots that it takes to kill them, even if they never shoot, is worth 25 points. Yes, and that's what I was just about to say. Five hull and two agility is a lot more survivable than zero shields would make you think. It's about as equivalently tanky as a B-Wing. Mm-hmm. And now to throw this back to Empire, like the aggressor is only one more point, so a lot of this applies yeah. to them. The difference is that for 22 points, you can get a TIE Fighter. Yeah, and that's the no, main difference. There's no equivalent in, in, in Republic. Republic. Yep. V-Wing! Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, maybe the Z-95 when it comes, if it comes out. Um, yeah, I would like to see the Republic Z be closer to an X-Wing than a Z, personally. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah. And then... They got them dummy-thick wings. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the, the Torrent is good, and it is probably the best ship on this list. By Agreed. Without other than maybe the Epsilon. And rounding out our factions in the Separatists, we have that non-droid abomination, the Sith Infiltrator. Hey, it has two droid pilots. That's true. There's one droid pilot. (laughs) What you have, actually, that you're paying attention to is two of those pilots are three Force ships. Dooku and Maul are so good. And Double Infiltrator was a meta menace for a long time. It was. Until they nerfed it. And we saw Dooku and Six do well in early hyperspace. Uh, like it won the system open in Australia, right? Um, Something like that. I believe so. Yep. Greg yeah. came second place with Maul and Five at our mm-hmm. local hyperspace. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. I lost to Greg again at that with his uh, Maul and Five. Greg. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm just thinking this this current uh, points like right after it dropped, whenever he was freaking out because Nantex were gone and how was oh, yeah, and sure. uh, oh sixty six and seven. Has been a thing in the recent yeah, point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the big thing, though, is the Seventh Trader is a large base arc lock ship, which isn't inherently bad. But when you put it in a faction that likes six to seven to eight ships in their list, it becomes really hard to fly. Yes, it's, it's a lot of real estate where droids could be. It is yeah. an agile ship, though. It's got a 5K, which pretty much means if they're flying it straight, that ship can turn around on the other side of the board for a flanking maneuver. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dooku and Maul, of course, still have force to mod their shots with. Uh, it's got that two sloop, which on a large base can be really unpredictable. It completely pivots your arc uh, in a direction that isn't expected. And that two sloop on a large base, it's hard. It's one of the hardest maneuvers to actually gauge on the board. But when it's pulled off, ah, God, it's beautiful because then your green maneuvers are going to put you in a spot you know isn't going to hit a rock. I think my thing with Sith Infiltrator, like anytime I played against it and with it to a lesser extent, it it feels like it is either just missing something or is just a hair overcosted. And I don't know if that's the base chassis or the upgrades that are kind of necessary to to make it carry. Um, 
Kate, but if you're playing one of the Force guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just, it, it costs just a little bit too much. Um, especially when you take into account how freaking efficient this faction is. Uh, yeah. There's so many other options you could take. My big thing with the infrastructure, it just doesn't fit the faction's identity at the moment. Yeah. Its identity is seven and eight ship lists, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to do that with an infiltrator. And it's using one of the cheaper infiltrators. It's probably not the right choice. Yeah. Now, like if the if the tri fighter comes out and it's a you know ace adjacent ship, I don't know how it'll work being a droid, but something ace like I could see a couple tri fighters and a heavy maul being a good list or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely don't think the ship is bad. It just like, like Smittle said, it doesn't fit the faction's identity very well. Yeah, I had to actually look up what 066's ability was because I've never actually seen that uh, droid pilot hit the table. After you defend, you may spend one calculate token to perform an action. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. That's not bad. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I guess if you haven't... I mean, but... yeah, your actions are limited to calculate target lock barrel roll, and if you have a calculate token, theoretically you're I mean, already if... taking the... Okay, I get to the idea if, if you're at I3 shooting before something, and you can shoot, don't need to spend the calculate, and then spend it to barrel roll out of arc. Also keep in mind that there's a scimitar title that can give it jam and cloak. And uh, a Palpatine crew that can give it coordinate. And there's TA-175 that can give it free calculates what, like pretty much whenever it wants. Um, so like it, you can frequently end up in situations where you just have a bunch of extra calculates. Might as well pick up a target lock. True, I was discounting it because it doesn't have network calculations. Yeah, but it still gets TA-175. But it still does get TA-175. Yeah, because look at the upgrade bar on this ship. Yeah. Uh, talents for all but the uh, Dark Greetings, uh, Dark dark Courier. Uh, cannon, Torpedo, Double Crew, Payload, Mod, Title Option, and the uh, Tactical Relay. And that's why Double Infiltrator worked. Like, yeah. Because they filled all those slots and were like, I have everything. Fight me. <laughs> It's just two big, beefy, chunky boys that are going to stare you down and throw all the dice at you and then be anywhere they want on the board with that dial. Also, look at that dial. That is almost like a Dash Rendar dial. Yeah, it's, it's got a good dial. It definitely has the potential to be a really good ship. It just uh, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't fit into Separatist list very well. Yeah. Uh, again, the Aces High format can make it really shine. Maul is really good in Aces High. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say good. He's really fun in Aces High. He can be a he can be a one shotting beast out there. Uh, but this ship again, uh, just exactly like you said, the least played because it's hard to fit in to the types of lists that the Separatists are best at. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Uh, these ships, we've all you know gone over them. They're not played as much as the other ships in the faction, but I wouldn't go as far as call any of them unplayable or garbage. There are better options, sure, but I think the only one I would disagree is the Star Fortress. That one I would call garbage. Yeah, I would call it a bad ship. All right, two to one on that one. I think I think it's salvageable, but uh, again, eighty-five points are always going to be better options. Like Doug and I are always talking competitively. Yeah, like you can build a fun list with any ship in the game. Oh yeah, fun like, list, everything viable. Star Fortress is not viable. Yeah, uh, well, actually, with that, let's uh, look at our wrap up here. Well, uh, shout been... Bob Howe, Bob Howe, shout ah, out. Come on, second, you're jumping the gun, man. It second, count. second, second. Well, start ten yards. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and replay this. Did it. <laughs> All right, any shout outs, uh, Bob Howe? My father, Bob Howe, the Falcon King. The Falcon King, a uh, frenemy of the podcast, as we're going to now call him. Uh, I That's true. Like... He did call us the worst active <laughs> podcast in Kansas City. <laughs> he was kind enough to uh, help sponsor an episode of our podcast and then call us the worst podcast in Kansas City. The worst, worst active, active podcast, podcast. podcast. <laughs> That's true. Which is an important distinction. Because... Yeah, they're, they're inactive they're, ones. They're, they're inactive ones, yes. Shout out uh, to Scum and Villainy. Yeah, RIP. Uh, I'll give a shout out to you again, our local uh, game cafe. While we haven't been out there the last couple weeks because things have gotten a little scarier it's out there. Worse. It's getting worse, and we're going to be smart to stay home. Yeah. Uh, you know, God bless them for doing their best to try and safely provide places for uh, to game and shop and 
provide content. I know that John Reinig, the proprietor, has been providing daily Facebook content for the store. Uh, so I encourage everybody to look at your local stores, what they're doing out there, support them in what way you can. It's harder for them than it is for you during this time, I'll bet. I mean, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you don't have to try and run a gaming store. Unless you I would say, like, there are yeah. people who, who yeah, have who no game. But yeah. <laughs> on the whole, the stores are suffering worse than the playing community, is what I think Matt was trying to say. <laughs> uh, shout out to Greg. 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 And shout out to Jeff Heckathorn for selling yeah. a bunch of... Uh, Starforge system 1.0 for the decree. Yeah. I think, yeah, we, we definitely, I think the three of us would not have bought that ship had it not been for Jix. But... I wouldn't have bought it as quickly. I own two now, so I'd have bought another one eventually. <laughs> I had no intention of ever buying that ship. Yeah. I also have a problem, though, so I'd have bought it no matter what. True. true. He does have problems. Yeah. All right. As a quick reminder, uh, there is a FFG stream next week on the 29th and the 30th. We'll be covering the contents of that on our next episode. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully they'll have something. Oh, we're, here's our promise to you. We won't have any more episodes till FFG give us, gives us points. So you want episodes? <laughs> Demand points from FFG. That is true. All right. So on behalf of Tashi Station Radio, I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Smittle. Remember to wear your mask. Take care, everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tashi Station Radio. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe and keep up with episodes as they're released. You can also find us on social media, on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio, on Twitter at Tashi Station XW, and on Twitch at Tashi Station X-Wing. If you'd like to help out with our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash Tashi Station X-Wing and toss us a buck or two. It's really appreciated. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and hit subscribe. Yubby yub.